Welcome to the Living the Dream Podcast with Curveball. If you believe, you can achieve. Hello and welcome to another episode of Living the Dream with Curveball. I am your host, Curveball, and today I am joined by author Jacqueline Wells. We are going to be talking about her book, Fearless Factor, and she is going to show us tools that will help us overcome fear and uncertainty. Jacqueline, thank you so much for joining me today. Truly my pleasure. Thank you for the invitation. Absolutely. Why don't you start off by telling everybody a little bit about yourself and who you are and give a little bit of background on yourself. Yeah. Um, I'm the author of three books, uh, a semi-autobiographical novel, When the Crow Sings, uh, the first Fearless Factor book called The Fearless Factor, and the second Fearless Factor, which is The Fearless Factor at Work. And I am a coach and consultant dealing primarily in helping executives and others develop their self-confidence, overcome the fears and barriers that are getting in the way of them becoming the best person that they can be. And in shorthand, I like to say I help people be better versions of themselves. And I'm frequently asked, how did you come to get involved in this whole situation with fear? Because let's face it, it is a common problem. And right now when we're in the pandemic, it's even more of an issue for so many people because clearly things are very uncertain. Things are, are definitely not, not a comfortable situation at all. So I came to this primarily because of my own life experience. I grew up in a very difficult home with a great deal of violence and alcoholism and uh, a lot of reasons why my self-esteem was basically rock bottom for a very long time. And so I had to kind of climb my way out of my own dysfunctions, if you like, and uh, figure out how to live a better life. And uh, I did that by writing books, making music, traveling the globe, doing all kinds of interesting things. And I like to say that most people live their life vertically. They get a job and they work their way up the ladder and, you know, they get their, their um, promotions and all the rest of it. And that's what I call the vertical uh, life. And I lived a more horizontal life because I never wanted to be part of the the corporate milieu, shall we say. I always wanted to be outside of it. And I've been an outsider pretty much my entire life. And so when I came to this 15 years ago, when someone said to me, you know, you'd make a great coach. I was like, yeah, okay, so what do I know about that? And she says, well, think about all the conversations you've had throughout your lifetime and how many people that you've given advice to. And the truth was that, you know, as a child on the steps of my tenement building, growing up in Scotland, I was known as, as somebody you would go to and ask, what do you think? And I feel like I've, I've spent a great deal of my life being asked, what do you think? Um, so now I get paid for it. And that's very nice. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, what kind of music do you make? I know you talked about music. So what kind of music um, do you like? And what kind of music do you make? Do you sing? Well, or? I, I trained as a professional singer for 14 years and uh, never really did anything with it. I you know, loved Broadway music, did a few shows here and there, 
But I moved to Paris in the 1990s uh, from Los Angeles, and I've lived all over the globe, which is the other part of the story, you know, born in Scotland uh, and lived in, in various places. So I'm in Paris and I belong to a synagogue and the rabbi says to me, we need a cantor for the high holidays. And I, I looked at him and I said, what do I know about Jewish liturgical music? And he looked back at me and he said, you can learn. I was like, okay, so where do you want me to go to learn this music that you need for the high holidays, which are like, you know, the pinnacle of the Jewish tradition every year, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur. It's a big deal. And he said, well, just go find the music. So I went back to my rabbi in Pacific Palisades in Los Angeles, and uh, I said, I've been given this job, and I, I know nothing about nothing. So what do you suggest? And he hands me a two-CD set, and he says to me, go listen to this. You'll find lots of great music in here. Just go learn it. Well, I open up the CDs. I'm listening to it, and it's full of orchestras and choirs and, and a big production deal. I mean, this is Los Angeles, so, you know, it gives you a little feel for that. Uh, and beautiful, beautiful music. So um, I take it to my voice teacher and I say, we need to extrapolate the melodies because I'm doing all of this a cappella. And so he did. He and I worked on it for a, a good couple of months and uh, we put it all in my key. And so truly for three and a half months, I ate, slept and breathed Jewish liturgical music until I showed up for my first high holiday service, which was a Rosh Hashanah. And um, I performed for, for the congregation. And that ended up being a five-year gig, which was pretty remarkable. And it was some of the most profound music that I've ever had the privilege to, to sing in my lifetime. So music pieces is a piece. I, I made a CD at one point in my life too. And, uh, it was fun, but it, 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 at this point, it's kind of like a dabble uh, compared to what I've been doing for the last 15 years. Absolutely. Most of us don't get a chance to make a CD, so that's a great accomplishment. Thank you. Describe your definition of fear factor. Okay, so we know that fear is, is something that we all have. And even for people who tell me that they're fearless, I'll say to them, did you ever have a time when you were feeling anxious about something? And then, oh, yeah, absolutely. I've had lots of anxious times. And my response to that is, well, you just didn't put the fear label on there. But when we put a fear label on, on things, frequently what you discover is that fear is imagination-based. And I'm, I feel very strongly about this, that most of our fears reside between our ears. They're in our brains. It's the, the projection of things that can go wrong. It's the fear of taking the next step. It's that uncertainty of outcome that makes you pull back. It's the sense that, you know, whatever's going on in your life, it's the end of the road. It's going to be a complete failure. Uh, I'm going to be humiliated. Uh, I'm going to be judged. I'm going to be rejected. All of these emotions are very much tied into the issue of fear. And so the fearless piece is really about having the courage to step beyond the place where you are uncomfortable. And I tell my clients all the time, get comfortable being uncomfortable because it's the only way in which we will change. Because if you're sitting in your status quo, if you're sitting in your comfort zone, 
then there's a lot of avoidance goes on with regards to that too. You know, it's like, yeah, I'll deal with it tomorrow. Don't need to be bothered with it. Uh, so how do you step beyond that piece that says, I have no idea what's going to happen? Now, I have a story in the first Fearless Factor book where I say there's four women standing at the entrance to a jungle. And they're all talking about if they take this journey, the other side of it is going to be brilliant. They're really going to find themselves. They're going to have so much more confidence and so forth. But at the same time, they're thinking about all the creatures that they might meet on this jungle path. They might think about all the accidents that they could have along the way. So the question then is, how many of them decide to take the journey? And the answer is none, because they can't be certain of the outcome. And this is where most people get held up. They want certainty in an outcome. And that's not the way life works. Life works when we take risks. We achieve when we take risks, when we stretch ourselves, when we grow beyond what we call our comfort zone. And to be honest with you, I would not be sitting here talking to you today if I hadn't crossed the bridge, many, many bridges uh, along the way in my own life to develop confidence, credibility, know that I have a certain amount of authority in all the things that I've done and, and really claim ownership. And that's a big piece for me in teaching my clients how to take ownership of your skills, your talents, of who you are and how you're walking through the world. So that's really, in a, you know, it's a, a longer story, but that's truly for me speaks to the issue of being fearless. What advice would you give a person to be able to combat fear and uncertainty? Well, I think the first thing one must ask when you're confronting a fear and you want to label it a fear, ask yourself, do I have empirical evidence that what I fear the worst will happen will actually happen? Or am I just projecting forward into that place of, you know, again, I don't know. Uh, the only guarantee we have in life, of course, as you well know, is that change. We will always be dealing with change. We know this year has been a, a particularly big lesson in how we deal with change. And I think what's really interesting at this point in time is how this year has helped people reset their, reset their priorities so that they're thinking about, you know, they're simplifying their life in many ways. And they're seeing one of the, one of the things that really matter to me. So, you know, family, of course, is a big one uh, as far as that's concerned. So, um, you know, there, there is that piece to it. So the advice I would give people is really challenge your fears, challenge the internal dialogue that's going on. Because frequently you have what's called the yadda, I call it the yadda yadda radio. You've got all this negative talk going on. And if you listen to that negative talk, you have to ask yourself, who's doing the talking? Because frequently a lot of our fears and insecurities are planted at a very early age and they become a part of our, our character. It is who we are. So I think that's a big piece right there to, uh, to consider when confronting your fears. What is the biggest fear for some people? Failure. Hear it over and over and over again. I'm afraid of failing. And what I like to say is we're all failing our way to success. And that's, that's a, a big piece right there, is that failures are simply 
an expectation or a decision that didn't come out the way that you had planned for or thought about for that matter. But when we think of failure as an iteration of a learning, of a, of a piece of the, the journey that you're taking, we learn to measure our success by what didn't work. So it's almost like it's two sides of the same coin. And you'll, I meet people all the time who are just, afraid, just as afraid of success as they are of failure. Uh, because if, if I'm successful, well, my goodness, my life is going to change. Well, duh, yes, it will. And hopefully for the better. Uh, but I do meet people who are afraid of success. And so they diminish themselves and they play small and they self-sabotage is another uh, piece of that. So the, you know, the biggest fear from, that I come up again, and I, I've heard it when I'm on the speaking platforms, I hear it from my clients, is that fear of failure. And uh, as long as we're afraid of failure or we're striving for perfection in order to avoid that, that failure, uh, again, you're putting obstacles in your way. We've been talking about fear and uncertainty in life, but let's talk about how a person can become more fearless in their career at work. It's a very good question. And uh, a lot of it, I'll talk about women for a moment. A lot of it is getting past the imposter syndrome. I'm not credible enough. Credibility is a huge one in the workplace. The confidence to ask for what you want. The confidence to have a conversation that uh, you may disagree with someone, but you're willing to step up and share your opinions. You're sitting in a meeting, and this is for men and women, and somebody's dominating the meeting. And you might have a good idea, but in your head, you're going, well, that's a stupid question, so I'm not going to go there. Well, being fearless is simply saying, you know, this might be a stupid question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, you know, or you're, you're sitting in, in a meeting with someone and you're having a difficult conversation. And so you have to be able to step it up and explore, be curious. One of the things I talk about in the fearless factor at work is the essence of being curious because it's the, we as adults stop asking questions because we're told at a certain point in our lives that, you know, you're being nosy or, you know, you, you ask too many questions and so on and so forth. But the asking of questions becomes a really critical piece. And it is a big piece of my book, too, that at the end of every section, there's a lot of self-reflection. Uh, that goes on with the questions that I'm asking. So be willing to confront your own insecurities. Be willing to ask yourself the hard questions about why do I believe what I believe? Uh, why do I think that somehow I, I don't have anything to contribute? So in the workplace, you know, there will always be people with a loud voice. There will be always be people who are aggressive and, and pushy and, and all the rest of it. And if you're the type of person that absolutely just wants to keep your head down and get on with it, the opportunities that you're missing are huge. Uh, and it's simply a matter of having that conversation of being willing to say, help me understand or tell me more or what is it that I'm missing here that I need more of? I instructed one of my clients one time to go in and ask her boss 
what do I, what can I do that would help you do your job better? And she looked at me with, with great surprise and said, I can do that. I said, hell yeah, you can. And I think that, that he would appreciate it or she would appreciate it if you did that. Because what you're saying is we are allies. It's not just a case of, you know, the, the top down stuff. This is like we're all in this together to, to get the results that we're looking for. And I think that's what's missing in so many uh, workplaces in the corporate environment where the idea is that we really are all pulling for the same thing, which is the success of the business and the, the, the driving of revenues, if you like, and ultimately for everyone to have a place there where they feel like they're contributing in a meaningful way. Does that make sense to you? That makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. What other questions do you think that are critical for us to better understand ourselves, whether it be at work or in life? Well, I think one of the, the big questions that, that I always say is, you know, self-awareness is number one. Um, you know, unless you know who you are, what your strengths, what your weaknesses are, what your blind spots are, uh, then this is, this is a challenge. So what about, what, think about it this way. If you see yourself down the road, say 10 years from now, who do you want to be? Not about what do you want to because that's, you know, there's a vagary around that, you know, we can all do different things. I know in my life, I've, I've, you know, created, recreated myself many times over, but who do I want to be in the world? What's the best version of you? What does that look like? And really get honest with that one. Because too much of us or too many of us hide behind some kind of shame about not being good enough because fundamental to being fearful is somehow I'm not good enough. That's the bottom line on, on most fear. And having witnessed it, having lived through it, uh, I can absolutely say that with great certainty. It's that I'm not good enough piece. And the other side of that is I'm not lovable. And people go through life thinking they're not lovable. So they choose partners who kind of, you know, confirmation bias. We, we get that. Um, so again, go to that place of saying, who do I want to be? In 10 years from now, do I want to be the same person I am today? And I guarantee you, most people would say no. Oh, no. I want to be somebody different. So what does that look like? What would you be thinking? What would you be feeling? Who would you be surrounding yourself with? These are all vital questions that I think are really important for everyone to consider, no matter what stage of life you're in. So if you had to put it in a nutshell, what are some of the win steps that people could take to live more fearlessly? Well, I think if you really want to get to know yourself, you know, there's there's a lot of materials out there that, that will help you do that. But I got to know myself by hiring a coach. Uh, the coach was able to see through a lot of my, you know, weaknesses and was able to highlight a lot of my strengths because we don't always see them for ourselves. We need a mirror. We need a mirror to be able to look, look at. So I would say get some help if you really want to grow, if you really want to move yourself forward in a meaningful way. And especially if you're looking at, you know, getting promotions and doing better at work. 
uh, find a coach that's going to give you the tools and the insights that are going to help you. Or you can use books like I write. I mean, you know, there's a lot of questions in my books and both of the Fearless Factor books. And they're designed to take you on a what I call a virtual mentor journey. And there's a lot of tools available to people out there. But it's not enough just to sit there with what's going on in your own head. I, I sincerely doubt you're going to shift the needle on it without getting some outside influences that help you to look at things differently. And that's really the, the big issue. Look at things differently. Do you have any projects or speaking engagements upcoming that listeners need to know about? Well, at the moment, I am uh, just starting uh, and will be starting the next uh, cohort of the Fearless Change Program that starts in January. And it's a six-week accelerated change program that takes people through a very intense, self-reflective process over these six weeks and is also uh, has personal coaching associated with it as well. And if anyone is listening to this and interested in it, the program starts on January 19th. And you can go to my website at thefearlessfactoratwork.com and uh, you can find all the information you need on that there. But that's my next project that's coming up. Of course, we're at the end of the year right now. So uh, most people aren't thinking about much, but for next year, if your goal is to grow, and really develop yourself. Uh, I've got all the tools you need to be able to do that. And having done the first uh, go around on this, this is a fairly new program. The results were phenomenal. People really walked away after six weeks saying, I can't believe I've had this much change. So it's very gratifying for me because whatever I create, uh, you, you hope it works. You hope that you're doing service to those that you work with. Absolutely. I'm going to put you on the spot real quick. Since you said you were a professional singer for 14 years. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Why don't you give the listeners just a little sample of of your singing? Who knows? It's only just down the street. Out of sight, out of reach. Da-da-da-dum. Ah, there's going to be a miracle soon coming to you. Night as a moon. I'm never good with lyrics, so I can give you the melody. But there you are. (laughs) That is absolutely beautiful. Why don't you let people know how to purchase? I know you gave out your website, but do you have any social media links, uh, the ways that people can purchase your books and even your CD? Yes, the the CD is no longer available, but um, I would say they can get my books on Amazon, uh, amazon amazon.com. And I'm on LinkedIn uh, at Jacqueline Wales. So please feel free to come and connect with me and let me know that you you heard me on Curveball. And uh, let's start a conversation because I'm always up for a good conversation. Absolutely. And go ahead and give out that Fear Factor website one more time. It's www.thefearlessfactoratwork.com. And if you don't get a copy of my book for some reason, and then you've got a Kindle version, it's quite cheap. But here's the thing. On my website, there is the excerpt on the website on fear. And I want you to go download it because it's got some great information in there 
that will help you with whatever you think is going on. Ladies and gentlemen, Jacqueline, Jacqueline Wells, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Purple. It's truly been a pleasure. And listeners, be sure to rate and review after listening to the show. For more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com. Until next time, stay focused on living the dream. dream.